Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on the show, a tale of two settlements. Welcome to Lore Party, the show that explores these stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jaden. And today we're talking about Good Neighbor and Diamond City, two of the most populated cities in Fallout 4. Yes, uh, the brothers uh, in Boston. The brothers in Boston. I actually really like that nickname for them. Make it canon. So Diamond City is the most populated city in Fallout 4, the game. And in a lot of ways, it is one of the most important cities lore-wise. Um, speaking for myself, whenever I have friends who play the game, one of the first pieces of advice I give them when they're just starting out is to actually follow the story mission straightforward until they get to Diamond City and then start doing the side quests because Diamond City is where all the interesting world-building and side quests tends to start. It's also the place that I would say most closely resembles the world that was before, which you know, from a lore perspective, is probably the best place to start for your character, because your character is, you know, fresh out of, you know, a nuclear holocaust. He just experienced the old world, and now he's trying to find some sense of normalcy for himself. Exactly, and it's definitely one of the really interesting parts of it, is it shows a lot of what the Fallout universe can be. It's a city built inside the Boston Red Sox Stadium, so it's kind of a something new built on the ruins of something old. It's surprisingly interesting, but it stands in stark contrast to another major settlement in the game, which is one that you'll also run into on the main quest, a city called Good Neighbor. Ah, yes, Good Neighbor. This one is more of a a dark and twisted version that more accurately reflects the world that you find yourself in. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a dirtier city. It's uh, got a lot of you know, uh, greedier characters. I mean, the first thing that happens to you when you walk into the city is you get mugged, essentially. I think that's what's really interesting about the city, though, because, yes, on the one hand, you do get mugged, but then what immediately happens is someone else walks up to you and stabs the guy trying to mug you. And I think right there, that might be a good neighbor in a nutshell. This is a city of people who will stab the guy trying to mug you. Which is Which I think is funny, too, because, you know, the guy doing the stabbing could e- easily be the guy who was, you know, robbing you 10 minutes beforehand, but he just felt like being the noble one at the time. The thing that in my mind makes these cities really interesting is kind of the interconnectedness of them. If you actually go into their backstories and their original histories, a lot of the residents of Good Neighbor are actually outcasts from the city of Diamond City. Which is kind of cool because it's a it's a newer twist on what would normally happen, you know, to criminals in the Fallout universe. They just turn into raiders normally, but these guys decided, no, we liked the life in a city, so we want to try to make a city our own, even if we're not allowed back in the real city. That's what makes it really interesting, though, because, like, on top of that, a lot of the um, 
settlers in Good Neighbor are actually ghouls that were cast out of Diamond City when the Mayor McDonough cast the ghouls out of Diamond City, cast all the ghouls in Diamond City out of the city, which is especially interesting considering that the current neighbor of Good Neighbor, by the time you go visit there, is none other than John McDonough, the Mayor McDonough of Diamond City's brother. Which is very interesting, too, because, you know, he is a ghoul, which means his own brother cast him out. Well, he wasn't actually originally a ghoul when he was cast out. Uh, that's true. He became a ghoul later after being cast out. May- but the mayor did never uh, rescinded the policy. I mean, it definitely adds a thing, is that he's forbidden from the city that his brother governs. John McDonough ended up changing his name to John Hancock, naming him after the famous John Hancock of history, and became the mayor of Good Neighbor in its present form. And uh, the way he leads it and governs it is very much influenced by what he saw his brother doing in the city he was in control of. He's definitely a lot more lenient than his brother is. I mean, his brother goes so far as when you first encounter Piper in the game, basically just tries to keep Piper on the streets because he's decided he doesn't want to deal with her anymore. Whereas, I feel like John Hancock, you know, he'd kill you, but he would never stop you from at least trying to go back to your house. It's actually an interesting plot twist later in the game. We find out that Mayor McDonough is actually himself a synth. He became the very thing he swore to destroy. It's fuzzy at what point Mayor McDonough actually became a synth in Diamond City. So it's fully possible that it was the synth who was casting other synths and ghouls out in order to uh, make it easier for the Institute to be able to uh, retrieve them. Absolutely. A weaker Diamond City would be even easier target for the Institute's influences. And I think uh, that would make the most sense to me because a lot of the people that got kicked out were a lot of the better fighters in Diamond City. You can, and that's very evident in the fact that Good Neighbor is still standing. I mean, they're Population is a lot smaller than Diamond City, but they've still managed to, you know, survive all the super mutants, uh, you know, incursions from the Institute, uh, you know, possible battles with, you know, maybe the Brotherhood at some point or another. You know, it's just all it just shows you that, like, their plan was to try to, if, if I was Institute, you know, get rid of all the good fighters, send them scattered across the wasteland, and then, you know, just that makes it easier for them to pick them off. But then all of a sudden, you know, they got together and said, hey, we want to build a city together. And then the Institute, instead of having one town to deal with, they have two towns they have to now deal with. It's definitely really interesting because that really does tie into the idea that both of these cities deal with a lot of the same challenges from the Institute to these other things. But they do so from incredibly different worldviews and perspectives. So Diamond City, in a lot of ways, um, built heavily on the idea of... uh, protection through its institutions and structures it's literally a city built around a wall it's heavily fortified it has a city guard it has social hierarchies it has a press it has a government it it very much has a a very social structure and it very much has a system and a structure keeping it safe compare this to good neighbor which is focused much more on the idea of protection through a community itself it foregoes a lot of those more traditional structures a lot of the um the buildings, the walls, the guards, and much more on keeping themselves and each other as individuals safe. And even though it's a lot smaller and doesn't have a lot of the resources and population 
that Diamond City itself has, it's still very much a powerful force in the Commonwealth. I would agree. It's more of a, in terms of firepower, it's a more quanti- uh, quality than quantity. I mean, they're a smaller town, but they definitely have, you know, if, you, if you're strong enough to survive out in the wasteland and then be welcomed into this town, you definitely, you definitely pack a punch. It also goes to show the different approaches you can take as far as the different challenges in the wasteland, because Diamond City focuses a lot on trying to build the world as it once was, trying to recreate it as much as possible, trying to rebuild. Whereas Good Neighbor is a lot more focused on surviving the world that is. They don't care to improve it. They don't care about the world that was. Who cares about a haircut? I got to figure out how to feed my family. Uh, I mean, not even your family. You got to figure out how to feed yourself. To their credit, they are very focused on the world as it is and don't hold any illusions on the state of where they are and what survival means. I was going to say, I think I think the, the whole major difference between Good Neighbor and Diamond City is that, uh, you know, Diamond City is trying to thrive, whereas Good Neighbor is just trying to survive. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to think about it. The success with which Diamond City is thriving, I think, is one that could be up for debate. But I think that as far as their long-term goals as groups of citizens go, that's an um, interesting perspective. I think the... Um, other thing to keep in mind is that they are facing the same challenges and they're equipped to face these challenges in different and interesting ways. So, Jaden, let's compare for a second. Between Diamond City and Good Neighbor, who do you think is more equipped to take on the Institute? See, that is a very interesting question. And I think the most obvious answer is not Diamond City for the fact that their own leadership was infiltrated by a synth. It's very, very quickly their their world and structure has fallen apart. They're, you know, um, people don't often realize this, but our society basically functions the way it does because the town next door is the exact same thing. Our entire world is basically the exact same way in terms of functionality you know, in our modern society. And so if you are suddenly, you know, taking that and dropping it in the middle of, you know, 18th century, uh, you know, backfields, people aren't going to react the same way to your rules and structures. Things are different. And the same if you're, you know, dropping someone into a nuclear wasteland, people are going to, the people of Diamond City are going to complain, you know, they're going to be upset. You know, if the, the water runs out, they're not going to know what to do. Whereas I feel like with Good Neighbor, they have to work together to survive, and they know that. That's the biggest thing, is that the people of Good Neighbor don't really care about the extra things in life. They know they have to focus on getting the things they need in life. To a a degree, I would agree with you. I think when it comes to certain types of external threats, I think that Diamond City is not as well-equipped as Good Neighbor, as far as when it comes to things like the Institute. As far as when it comes to things like hostile criminals, like... Oh, I definitely agree with you on that. I think that if, you know, if a, if a gang of super mutants rolled up on the Diamond City's doorstep, they would be fine. However, the biggest threat in the Wasteland at the time is the Institute, and they are masters of the waiting game. They literally waited, you know, underground for years and just thought, you know what, we don't have to take Diamond City tomorrow. We'll send in two more synths tomorrow. And then by the end of it, you know, there's going to be like three people left who are like, what the hell happened when all their buddies start, suddenly have glowing red eyes? <laughs> Obviously, they don't have that, but you know what I mean? And that's the thing. So Diamond City is better equipped for certain threats, but not for others. Um, Good Neighbor is better equipped for certain threats, but not for others. 
So then, uh, let's put it in more simple and direct terms then. Um, uh, you and I um, suddenly wake up and we are faced with the world of Fallout, the world of the Commonwealth. We have to figure out which of the two settlements we actually want to live in. Are you going to be applying for residency in Diamond City? Or are you going to be talking to the landlords over in Good Neighbor? Well, see, this is a question that you got to be real honest with yourself because, you know, your knee-jerk reaction is go, oh yeah, I'm a tough guy, I'm going to live in Good Neighbor and be a gunslinger and a bounty hunter, da-da-da-da-da. But you got to realize you're you're going to miss civilization a little bit. You know, that's one of the big things, I think, why the sole survivor finds himself in there so often is that, you know, that's where, and that's why a lot of people find themselves there is that they like the idea of living in the past. They like the safety and comfort that the idea created. So, I mean, while I'd like to pretend that I'd be a big tough guy going living in Good Neighbor, I feel like I'd probably end up buying an apartment in Diamond City just because... You know, it's what I'm used to knowing. It's I I have a roof over my head and a police force, you know? That's the thing that a lot of people, that's what brings them to that place. So I'm probably going to end up there, if I'm honest with myself. That's that's the thing. It's my first instinct is definitely to say Diamond City, because, like, that sounds like it would be the easy, obvious answer. But I feel like, to me, living in Diamond City and not feeling like I can necessarily trust the people who are in charge and not knowing whether or not I can trust the different people around me. I feel like that would be something that would get to me really quickly. And I think that personally, I would ultimately end up um, being someone who would be a lot faster to reach out to Good Neighbor. Like, I don't necessarily think that necessarily anyone who thrives in Good Neighbor necessarily has to be a strong, muscly, tough guy. I mean, look at freaking uh, Kent Connolly. He's a um, somewhat nerdy ghoul that you meet who's living in there. And uh, Good Neighbor is very much a place that will include the nerds, too. And as long as the nerds are willing to help help protect um, what's everyone else's, everyone else will help them protect what's theirs. I guess you recover. But the real question you have to ask yourself is, can you trust the citizens of Good Neighbor? They were all criminals, after all. I think that's the incorrect way to frame the question. It, whether or not you can trust a citizen of Good Neighbor is moot because you can trust the citizens, plural, of Good Neighbor. Interesting. If the individual person I'm talking to stabs me in the back or starts trying to attack me, everyone else is going to attack them. Yes, you know what? In all reality, when I go to Good Neighbor, as soon as I go in, there is probably going to be someone greeting me at the door trying to mug me. But I feel like there is a confidence that as soon as that guy's trying to mug me, someone else is going to walk up, stab him in the gut and be like, don't pull that shit again. <laughs> like, and that's, and well, he won't be able to, cause he's dead. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things. I think that's, it's all about your preference at that point. You just got to wonder, you know, what do you want to sacrifice? Uh, uh, going back to the old world or trying to embrace the new world. And it's really something that thankfully none of us have to actually answer. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, take a second to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show and lets us know we're doing a good job. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.